Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, hello there, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of For Future Considerations, your favorite podcast trending right now on the top 250,000 on Spotify and all of your other platforms. Oh, Manny Upeva joining us, of course. John Rashad back home, now challenging uh, with the snow levels down here in Windsor, Essex, compared to up in Gray and Bruce. Rashad, we're uh, we're about uh, let's say thigh high. Uh, the army's been called in. It's uh, it's getting a little heavy down here. How much snow do you have up there? They say we have about 20 centimeters. When I go outside, it's between my knees and my waist. Okay, so Windsor's not far off. Uh-huh. We're awkwardly close. We're between we're between knees and ankles. Mm-hmm. Right? So, how does that compare to you, Rashad, when you're walking your dog? My dog didn't want to go out today. And he usually loves going outside. Wow. Today he was like, uh, you first. Oh, just like everybody else. That's all right. <laughs> he gets it. Manny's crazy down here. There's uh, people in this house that are excited by seeing this much snow. They're they're forcing everybody outside. My goodness. Uh, the three girls in my house would live outside if they could. Me? I'm just cozy. <laughs> I've turned the heat up to 80 and we're good to go inside the house. <laughs> funny how that works uh, they will love to live outside you always end up sleeping outside so i don't know <laughs> how that ends up happening by the end of the day but here we are well we had some fun last week we played a little game on the ot on friday yeah we did we got to name that player so manny was throwing out a few hints of uh, player and um, whether it's career statistics where they went to college their favorite toppings on a cheeseburger i think you had on there for uh, for the last guy <laughs> He's right-handed. And, right, that's right. And we ended up with a winner. Yeah. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was the answer. He played with the Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, Buccaneers. He's won. He's been a part of the Super Bowl winning team the last two years. And we had a lot of guesses, didn't we, Rashad? Oh, yeah. We were swamped. We had dozens of entries, and most of them were correct. So we picked a name at random, and the winner is Ryan Stacy. Congratulations, Ryan. Oh, I know Ryan Stacy. You know that guy, right? Yeah, Ryan Stacy. We're the we're the birth child of Ryan Stacy and the, <laughs> the, the Hockey Mind podcast. Uh, he's a great guy, and and the podcast again. It's Hockey Minds podcast. Um, he is basically just talking to uh, all of the up and comers in the hockey industry from every different level of hockey leagues, positions, everything like that, and just basically how they got to where they are. Uh, you know, finding out their philosophies, uh, their tracks to the positions that they got to. Great guy. Um, I'll give him an extra little plug here. He's got a, a conference that he's got plugging in June. Um, that he's he's really low on people that he might be able to 
have on there. So I might be making an appearance. Oh, that's so, yeah. good. Yeah, so we're in negotiations, so this will work perfectly. Thanks. Great job, Rashad. You're all of a sudden become a hockey mind. A hockey that's impressive. Mind. Hey, there's always one guy that's got to pull up the end, right? <laughs> well, congrats, Ryan. We will get in touch with you and get your prize to you as well. We really appreciate all the guesses this week on, on social media, too, as well. Now, guys, in many of the responses, there was a mixed reaction to Mandy's statement that he thought LaShawn McCoy was a Hall of Famer. Uh, Matt, what do you think? You know what? For me, winning crowns everything. I mean, you've won two Super Bowls. Um, you know, Manny was rhyming off a six-time Pro Bowl. Um, some big time, 15th overall in, in rushing yards. Top 25 all-time in rushing yards yeah. already. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at that, like, you know, for, for him, he's 32. We always say the cliff for running backs is 30-ish. Um, you know, whether he gets a, a dominant role or a predominant role as an RB1 and for the next couple of years, he can obviously make a, a run at that number. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hard to say he's not. I'm sure there's people that are in the Hall of Fame that are not as impressive with their resume for whatever reason. Um, but two Super Bowls, six-time Pro Bowler, top 25 in rushing yards, I mean, that's pretty much all I need, really. Top 25 all-time in rushing yards? Yeah. So like. Amongst the biggest names in the game. My brother was giving me the gears about this, too. He listened to the pod out in Calgary, Alberta. Joey, Joey was giving me gears. He's like easy on the Hall of Fame talk. Okay. But I, I side betted him. So. Yeah, we'll side bet that. <laughs> Don't, Joe, Joey still owes us for uh, he owes a lot. us in Chicago. He one, owes so. us a lot. Now, boys, this is pretty exciting because we have a special guest on the show this week. He has been a broadcaster for four decades. Count him up. Four decades. He's been a part of a top-rated morning show in his community. He's been a community advocate. And he has called OHL games for more than 20 years. Plus, he's a Bruce County lad. So we, we connect with him on that geography uh-huh. as well. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast for future considerations, Mr. Steve Bell. Yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. What, what is it? This is a microphone, right? It's been a, it's been a couple of weeks since uh, since I've had a chance to see a microphone. So, and, and goodness knows, I've got a a little bit of time on my hands these days. So, uh, so why not? Hey, it, it's it's a lot of fun to be here. Uh, Steve, you're from Bruce County. Whereabouts in Bruce County oh, are you come from? Come on, King Carden, King Cardine, man. I'm a, I'm a townie, man. I'm a, I'm a tough guy like me. Come on, I'm serious? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm from King Carden. There's a lot of tough boys in Southern Bruce County. Oh, oh, oh yeah, no, I, and, and I know a few of them. The Dunlop boys, uh, you know. Oh yeah, Kevin Tubby. Oh yeah, there's a lot of tough guys back at Bruce County. I know that, but uh, but no, I you know grew up in in King Carden. Uh, went to high school over in Walkerton. They kind of I had enough. My grade took a little tumble there in grade nine. <laughs> I don't know. There's a couple of really cute girls, Dale Stone and Sherry Bowes, and that was the end of me. So I came home. My parents saw the report card and said, "Let's try another high school." So, uh, the, 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 the high school in Carden District High School is a block and a half, two blocks from my house. I could walk there in five minutes. I rode 26 miles every day in grade 10, 11, 12, and for the young kids, grade 13 in the olden days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my parents were teaching you a lesson. Yeah, so I went, I, yeah, I went to Walkerton and, uh, and did graduate. 
uh, from from Walkerton uh, a couple hundred years ago. No, what seventy five something like that. That's okay. We don't have to put in years in this, right? Hey, yeah, that, thanks. So what you're saying is you entered witness protection and yeah. Then you down, here, yeah. down here in Windsor and uh, and haven't left since. Yeah, yeah. no. Nah, hey, it's been in my 41st uh, season. I said with uh, with a big club down here in Windsor and. Uh, it, it's been great. I mean, really, uh, you know, I, I, I thought I was just actually getting my feet wet <laughs> until I got a phone call and said, no, <laughs> well, <laughs> you're, you're all done. And I said, no, it's the start of the second period. And the lady in the phone said, no, you're, you're, you're all done. So whatever. It sucks it that on. you're no longer part of AM 800, uh, sports director morning show. You were on that. Um, it's great to have you here, though. Well, we, hey, this is fun. We, this t- is fun. we touched on it briefly last week on the show last week, just about the changes in the media, in the sports media world, too. Um, changes in newsrooms, changes at TSN. Did you see this coming? Did you understand <laughs> what's going on with oh, the no. sports media? You know, I mean, you could see, you know, I think for a number of years, uh, you know, some of the cutbacks and whatnot in certain areas, but but no, I... I, I was absolutely shocked. I was, uh, I think I was shaking initially when I found out that I was no longer uh, a, a part of the team. Um, yeah, I was hurt, but uh, but life goes on. I mean, another other doors like hey, uh, for future considerations. I mean, there it we're is. moving on to bigger and better stuff. So, uh, but no, I you know you take a look at the industry, and I, I really you know not to knock anything, but. You know, when we get out of the COVID and get back up and rolling, you're going to tell me in Windsor Essex that the Essex 73s have won their eighth game in a row and they're playing in Lakeshore against the Canadians tonight. It's a Friday night and they're and and the Lancers uh, women's volleyball team is back on track, looking for another national championship. And the Spitfires are you know on fire. Um, the AKO Fratman, the Essex Ravens, the, 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 all of this, the high school. And there's zero, going to be zero. Uh, you know, somebody's missing the ball here. I mean, as far as I can see, not not only Windsor, but a lot of communities that I know sport, it's not the end. Of, it's an escape. It's something that's fun. It gets us away from, you know, especially now with COVID, it gets us away from some of the real harsh realities in our life. And, and, and it's, you know, but to not have that available in communities, I mean, whether it's, in, in all forms of media, whether it's television, print media, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's the greatest decision. It's not wise. I don't think. But again, people that make those decisions for whatever reasons, I, I think it's going to leave a, a huge vacuum in a hole that, uh, you know, in certain areas, podcasts like this are going to be more and more relevant for people to get what they want and, and not, you know i mean nowadays yes i do get it you can you can get the leaf score on your phone in two seconds but i think it's like that comfortable old pair of levi's or, or you know you wear them they're comfortable you put them on and same thing as back in the day you know i, I grew up listening fighting over the radio with my folks between cknx and and, and the big eight when we were kids but to get that local information from somebody that's kind of comfortable with to find out, you know, a little bit about the big sports, you know, the NHL, the NBA, all of that, and some local stuff as well. And uh, really, I think there's going to be a huge vacuum that that's just not filled. Here, 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 here. Yeah, and, it, here. and it's hard that it's the local part of it that gets cut. Well, well, yeah. I mean, 
And, and it's the, I mean, as much fun, and I've had the chance to cover a lot of sports over the years, and that's one of the great things about, you know, being in Windsor, as you guys know as well, from Stanley Cup in the dressing room when the Red Wings won the Cup, and I think it was Uwe Krupp's uh, girlfriend or somebody at the time thought I was I, it, with management, grabbed the champagne, and Rusty Thompson from our new center looks over and goes, Beller, they're spraying champagne all over me. I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought I was a, part, a coaching staff or something, part of the team. But from being in the dressing room and like and talking to Dave Lewis after the game and just sitting there chatting or Colin Campbell back in the day uh, with the Red Wings or going to cover a Ryder Cup golf tournament. I, I had a chance to interview with Tiger Woods. I mean, Jack Nick. So between the, the major sports of Detroit mm -hmm. and all of those huge things that you're, you know, a baseball all-star game, uh, uh, a Super Bowl, mm -hmm. you know, back Super Bowl 40, had a chance to go to Ford Field. I still think the most fun, the most enjoyment, anything in sports was being at old Carmelita Hall. You are live at Carmelita Hall uh -huh. at St. Anne High School yep. for the big basketball game between the Catholic Central Comets and the St. Anne Saints. High, high school sports where kids aren't going to go to the pros. They're not getting drafted. They're playing because they love high school mm -hmm. basketball. They love high school. And to go there and be a part of some of those things, that's... Mean. And those kids will remember it too, like yeah. even 20, 30 years down the road. Yeah, that's oh. fun stuff. For sure. And, and really, it's working. <laughs> to, to your credit, I mean, it was, you knew as a, in a benchmark of this event if Steve Bell was there. Yeah. And that's that's no that's no exaggeration. If if you saw AM eight hundred there, if you saw you know the T V station, if, if you know C T V or Bob Bella Chico was yeah. there with it, like you that was a big thing. You you can compare, you know, being at the twenty thousand seat arena at Little Caesars Arena or whatever, but when you got a thousand people at the Atlas Tube Center and it's bumping in there oh, and yeah. Steve Bell's there and Bob <laughs> Bell, the players I can tell you a hundred percent the players know that Steve Bell's not in the or in the building. The fans know it and, and it's a, it's a big deal. And, uh, you you know, I, you know, I think, you know, part of the job, <laughs> my job was what, in, in, in the morning to be there at 435 o'clock in the morning and work. Anytime that you're at a game on a Friday night at, you guys know the same thing. It's in your blood. It's what you love to do. You don't get paid to be at an AKO game on a on a Saturday afternoon or at a Lancer basketball game on a Wednesday night or a high that, But it's the right thing to do. If, if you don't go, you're not going to have audio on the radio the next morning. Nobody else is going. So you just go, like, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it, where else can you have that much fun? And and I think try to give the listeners what they want as well. Um, and, it, I mean, that's – we're talking in the past. It's the old days, and, and things have changed. I get that. But, but boy, you know, if you had told me when I moved here 41 years ago that I'd be on the radio for over 40 years in Windsor – and uh, and meet the people that I've met, and do what I do or did <laughs> in the past tense, whatever. Um, I, I would have taken that. I would have taken that. Yeah, give me forty years. I, but like I said, man, I was just I just get warmed up. That's right. <laughs> and this is one of the rare opportunities you get to really kind of debate sports. I and mean, you're yeah. obviously great at delivering the scores, and that was this is. But we get an opportunity now, and then Rashad will throw it to you so you can kind of introduce what oh, we're going to yeah, be doing on the show here. Sorry, Paul. I ruined your whole podcast. <laughs> Steve, you're the star. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, so Rashad, what do we got on the show today? We're going to play rapid fire and we'll answer a listener question about the Detroit Red Wings. But first, the Houston Texans released star J.J. Watt last week. Here comes Watt. There goes Jackson. And for the first time, J.J. Watt has set quarterback 
Lamar Jackson, the 39th different quarterback he has set. They outright released him instead of making a trade. So smart move or terrible move? This is a terrible move, guys. Like, how do you give up a three-time defensive player of the year for nothing? I know he's past his prime, so to speak, but he was still top 10 among pressures for defensive end last year. And for you to not get any value for him, I think just shows how dysfunctional the Texans organization is. Yeah, and, and I think there's there's the side of it that they're trying to play off of it. Now we've heard this out as well, that there were teams that were calling to see what the value would be. They release him, they give him the opportunity to go wherever he wants to go. He's already come out and said that he's looking for teams that have cap space, a supporting cast, a team culture, and a scheme that's going to fit. So he's got his idea narrowed down. But I'm just looking big picture of the Houston Texans. You traded DeAndre Hopkins for basically a second and a fourth. You're letting one of the greatest defensive players of all time go for free. Your franchise quarterback also wants to be dealt. Like, I don't trust that you're going to get a very good deal for your quarterback. And I don't think with this move that he's even going to get traded. The Texans are a mess. They make the Lions look like that. <laughs> and, 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 hey, I, I do think the Lions, and I know we've been through this 500 times, but it looks like, I, you know, I think the general manager looks like he, he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. for sure. He's got a good track record. No, the coach, a little bit off the radar there. So I think, the, but the, the Texans, come on. I mean, it would have been equivalent of the Lions, you know, letting Matt, yeah, they got a, you know, a decent quarterback back. No, he's not a superstar, but something at least to fill the gap for now. They got a whale you know, of draft choices. You got to get something. Now there's, there's talk that Watt could end up uh, quite a lot in the last little bit to Cleveland, mm-hmm. possibly to the Browns, like you said, a team with some space. The Texans right now are likely the worst organization it looks like in the NFL. You had no picks in the first round, too. Further to all your points, which I hope totally agree with, you have no picks in the first round. Why not get some draft capital? Out something, of that? Even something. a second or a third rounder, whatever the value is. Um, a mess. And you could find, you can, how many times have we seen teams trade players to the place they want to go sure. still? And you still get value in return. Like the Stafford yeah. Absolutely. If you're telling me that he wants the Cleveland Browns and you get J.J. Watt to give you a list and there's five teams on that list and you call the general manager of the Cleveland Browns and you're like, look, give me a third. Something. Fine. Here you go. Well, right. I'll take J.J. Watt for a third. <laughs> you at least get something. You might blow that pick and it may not be anything anyways, but at least get something back. And Cleveland will like that because now they're not competing against these other teams to secure J.J. Watt's sure. services. Right. You got them. You know, guys, I gotta be honest, I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my god. Now it's time for our Play of the Week, guys, brought to you by Next Level Athletics. Yeah, Next Level Athletics, Shane Topolovic, based here in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition to prepare your body for the next level. Shane doesn't even have a shovel at his house. He went outside and got rid of the snow in his driveway barehanded. That's, that's a true story. That is a true story. You go by his house right now. He may have even done his neighbor's house by now. You should see his arms. Like, oh. They're huge after that. Do you remember those Skittles commercials, uh, that little town that uh, everybody... Everything got settled by an arm wrestle, yeah, yeah. and the one guy's had a huge arm on 
one side and a scrawny arm in the other. Shane is just just wrecked. Just just from we shovel in the snow in with common his... with this guy, man. Nothing. Shovel in the snow with his bare hands and his and his teeth. That's why I have my lovely wife ratchet. <laughs> and the play of the week comes from Vegas. Conquois against Petrangelo, two on one if they can hurry. Conquois not a London drop backhand and Flurry made the stop. What a save by Flurry across with that left arm to I Rob Lundestrom. Lundestrom can't believe it. Flurry with the left arm right on the goal line. That was a great save by Mark Andre Flurry. That was unbelievable. Like what it looked like it was going. Have- oh, it was in. No, yeah, that was it, right? <laughs> what about the year he's having this? He's year? the n- new number one there, isn't he? He's, like, he's stolen the show from there, and now the only thing they're talking about is how they're just going to trade him back to the team that he came from. <laughs> I don't know. You got a goaltender like that that that's hot. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's been playing out of this world. That was that save was just a perfect example. Would you trade him with his value like this? He's what seven and a half mil a year. Mm-hmm. Leonard's going to come back from injury or whatever. Yep. Would you, would you trade him? Look, if the Pittsburgh Penguins now have a new general manager and a new president of hockey operations, Burks and I watch the press Burks conference, laws. and both of them know that there's a clock on this right now, and they're planning on competing. I mean, his value may be up, and Pittsburgh may be able to give away a fair amount. They already have. That's what they talk about in the in the introductory press conference. This is how barren the, the draft picks are, so they may not have the capital for it. But, I mean, it, they, those two guys don't sound like they're coming in there and sitting on their hands, and they're okay with the way things are. No, no. And goaltending's not the greatest in Pittsburgh. We know mm-hmm. that. Right. So Pittsburgh's window's closing. Get a keeper to get you into the top. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to pay a pretty high price in poker. They sure would. Vegas has been so close, I don't know if I would trade up. You know what? <laughs> like baseball, you can never have too much pitching. You can never have too much tending. If you have yep. two great tent, I'll, I'll, I'll take the two. You never know injuries, anything else. Leonard's pass, um, never too much tending. That wasn't the only save. We had a tough choice between that save and a save by Jonathan Bernier of the Detroit Red Wings, which leads us to a question from a listener, Grant. He wants to know what changes Stevie Y needs to make to bring Detroit back to glory. Well, you guys are Red Wings fans. What, uh, what, what do you think? But the GM had a whole bunch of really good players. You know what? Um, and and, I, and I, hey, you go way back into the really successful years of the Red Wings and the thing that made them the best team by far in the NHL so many years was the fact that they were really the first to go to Europe to grab, you know, you know, the Russians, the Swedes and, and, and have so much success with that. I don't know. Uh, are they? Did they go over like Lucas Raymond? Did they go overboard? But I, and I know we're OA, I'm an OHL guy, uh, you know, a CHL type guy, and and I, I don't know. Sometimes are they overthinking it to go out of the box and, and they go off the charts? They went off the charts last year. I thought a little bit to go was it Germany? This year they go to Sweden uh, to grab. And, and I'm sitting there, wow. I don't, know, I don't know, that Cole Perfetti kid looks pretty good sitting there. There's, you know, there's a lot of real good, you know, Jack Quinn. There's a lot of good other choices. But I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot of hockey games. I've broadcast a lot of hockey games. I think I know a fair bit. I don't think I know as much as Steve Eiser. So, <laughs> so I will, I, and Stevie, we trust. I know this thing, like any, when you're in the basement, 
Um, it's not going to get fixed overnight, mm-hmm. and and, t- and goodness knows all the Detroit teams are in the basement right now. We know that, and, and like the hockey club, you got, and, and it's not going to be well next year. They'll be real, no, it's going to take mm-hmm. three, four, five years from now. I mean, he did a marvelous job with the Lightning. So uh, in Stevie, we trust, uh, but but boy, you, you, you take a look and where to start up front, the back end, the goal. I mean, you know, there's they patched it up, and I think. I think with Steve Eiserman, they also know to get to where you have to be eventually, you can't do those stopgap measures. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to bite the bullet. And they do have a few, a few, you know, building blocks. I'd like to see more consistency out of a guy like, like Mantha. Larkin's there. But now it's it's going to take time to start building the rest of the pieces here. But, but you know, I think initially... Let's give Steve Eisenman not three or four months. Let's give him three or four years and see where they are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it comes down to, you know, you mentioned uh, Mortis Sider, Larkin, Mantha, Zadina, Philip Aronik, Lucas Raymond. I mean, that's six guys. If four of them turn out to be top quality NHL players, now you've got something. You obviously need goaltending. There, there's been a problem with goaltending in Detroit for the last few years. Uh, you need a, a strong defense. You need to get another guy that's maybe a shutdown guy. We've seen how the NHL goes. It's now speed. It's you know getting the puck up and down. That there's, there's no real defenseman anymore. It doesn't matter that you're 6'5 and 220 pounds. you got to be able to skate and you got to be able to shoot the puck. I think he knows exactly what he's doing as far as a plan in having a plan in place it always when you're rebuilding comes down to these young guys that you draft high that turn into the players that you want them to turn into and for the Red Wings history in in the times that they were great they always found that sixth seventh rounder that just turned into Thomas Holmstrom and just turned into Pavel Datsuk now you're not going to find those guys because everybody's gone international now and then there's not a lot of corners of the world where you can find a hockey player that turns into those guys and be the only one that knows who they are but I think he's on the right track. Uh, like you said, Beller, it's it's four or five years, and then you're going to get to a point where you're going to have to open the wallet, and that's where you're either trading draft picks to get some of these established guys, or you've got to pay big money for free agents. So and, I think and, that's and always they, been the, the way, right? To Detroit, I exactly. Mean, yeah, it's a newer facility. We know that, but mm-hmm. you know, a couple of guys in the, when you come, and depending on their age, who you're looking at, are they going to want to play? Absolutely. Well, I agree with both you guys. They have to build through the draft. You have to hit on some of those mid-round picks. But I like what he's doing already. He knows that he's four years out, so he'll sign um, uh, Bobby Ryan. Mm -hmm. Great great addition. Great addition. And you might be able to flip him for value for another pick. Uh, You take on Mark Stahl's salary, and you get a pick as you take on that salary. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you've got an asset there, and maybe you can flip. The one thing that stands out to me, of all the names that you listed there, there's a lot of forwards. Mm-hmm. Heronic and Sider yeah. are the only two defensemen. Mm-hmm. Somehow they need to find some more blue liners mm-hmm. to help to help out the goaltending, which has been pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And I think you're, you hit uh, the hammer right on the head there as well in that he knows that this is a four- or five-year plan. But when you get guys like Bobby Ryan in, and Bobby's a perfect example. We know Bobby well from our, from our time up in Owen Sound, and, and Beller, you've, yeah. you've seen him a, a number of years as well. I think what he's doing right now is the culture. 
Right now, you're creating the culture that you want for four or five years. Good leadership. Exactly. You're getting strong veteran guys that are, you know, not going to put up with a lot of uh, a bull, and they're going to be. You may not win, but you're creating what that locker room expects for when these young kids come up. They now know that this is their torch to carry on, and this is the type of player that you're looking for. And I think you're setting your culture now to develop four or five years to be able to really pinpoint what you're looking for when you have to go out and get guys. We talked about building through the draft. And speaking of the draft, the NHL is looking at changing the rules to the NHL draft so that the team that finishes last has a better chance of getting the number one selection. What do you think? <laughs> Go ahead. You were hot on Should this. Should have done it last year. <laughs> no kidding. You guys were hot on this hey, last year. Hey, no, it's not just because, yeah, I, I, I'm one of the weirdos down here, man. I am a cross between a, a Red Wing fan and, and yeah, I do like the Leafs as well. Leafs as well, so I'm in between there somewhere. But no, I, I mean, I'm mostly a Red Wing fan. Yeah, there's no way that these guys tank. You know, I don't care who it is. Uh, you know, Lafreniere or Connor McDavid, whoever's coming out of the draft. These are professionals. It's if you or, or the club, they they would be fined heavily. Oh, we're we're going to arrest Larkin and Mantha tonight uh, because we want to, you know, make sure we finish in the. You cannot. These guys would have a fist fight in the dressing room. There's no question. It's absolutely ridiculous. The Red Wings, the worst team in the NHL, would pick fourth or something. Yeah. Come on, and you know, the Rangers end up at the top. Like, no, I mean, let let's get something straight. Go back. It's. There's no way that these professional players in it, or the management either, you play, you try to win the game. So what? You end up with the second best player in the draft. Who knows? But no, forget it. No, you're a hundred percent better. And I think that the idea of tanking is one of the great philosophies of sports that has been created completely outside the locker room. I don't think if you're going into the Red Wings locker room that you're telling, okay, boys, we don't need this one. We're trying, one. Yeah, we don't don't worry, in a couple of years, we're trying to get this kid that's coming out of Barry, and uh, you know he's going to be a superstar. Are you kidding me? No. You know what? The Red Wings were the worst team in hockey. Yeah, they should have They were the worst team in hockey. There's no question about that. The Ottawa Senators right now are the worst team in hockey. Should they be accused of tanking right now, or should they? No, they're the worst team. They get the first pick. Or, or look at it another way. If you want, if you really think that teams are going to pillage their roster and put in junior B guys on an NHL team, then to stop that, um, you don't give them the first pick automatically, but maybe you give them the, per- the percentage difference of their winning percentage. So if you have a 400 winning percentage, you get a 60% chance of getting the first round pick. Oh, you said there'd be no math involved. <laughs> Wait a second. What was that again? No, the one. no, no. You because Manny the Red Wings by the Manny somehow got the Montreal Canadiens picking to the top three every year for the next 25 years. That's what's going on here. Hey, if it happens. But if, uh, if like last year, the Red Wings were by far and away the worst team in hockey, yet somehow other teams had basically the same percentage Mm-hmm. of odds, same odds to get the first overall pick. And that just does not seem no. right. No, and we were saying that when we were watching the draft lottery, that when you bundled the playoff teams together, their per- the percentage chance that a playoff team was going to get the first overall pick was, I think, 3% lower than the worst yeah, team I mean, in like the league. Yeah, I think like the Pittsburgh Paint would knock out and, you know, or the, some of those yeah. clubs had a chance. Come on. 
Yeah, well, the Rangers. Yeah. They were knocked out in the first round of that play-in and got the first overall pick. So they've got to change it. They've somehow got to change it. Mm -hmm. And they're also talking about moving this year's NHL draft to next summer where there will be two drafts. Thoughts? Well, if they do get an OHL season off the ground, is 24 games enough to evaluate a draft-eligible player? No. Uh, No. Not in my opinion. I think it's close. I mean... And there's no no one to blame for the entire situation. COVID-19 has, I mean, it's, it's weird that we're talking that COVID-19 is affecting hockey when it's, you know, affected people's lives in so many other ways and, and, and so much worse than a hockey draft. But it's thrown a complete wrench in, into everything. I mean, uh, what happens to a kid that would have been an overager this year if there's no hockey? They're done. Or they go to the AHL or they're just, you know, play university hockey and it's the end of the road. A kid that was highly rated for the draft this year, I don't know, does he take a step backwards? Two drafts and one side. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I think the real key there, no 24 games. <laughs> I mean, a kick of a great 24 and then bad. It's not enough to judge. But I think one of the keys, if there is an OHL season, that may alter things a little bit. At least there are even at 24 games, at least there's something. If there's no OHL season, it's all out the window. I mean, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there are leagues in Europe that are playing right now that, you know, you're going to see draft boards from team by team being so different over the next couple of years where this is your, where you're going to get a fifth or sixth round pick who's just an absolute superstar yeah. because maybe he didn't play at all this year and or he just came in. Pick that- yeah, absolutely. 100%. And I know we're going to get into that in, in uh, rapid fire, but uh, to your point as well, maybe you need five or ten games to really get going and get the legs moving. Well, that's half the season now. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's going to be really tough to evaluate these guys, and, and you can't really, because of their age and how much they can grow and all that, judge them on last year. So it's it's a tough spot for the NHL. And remember, scouts aren't traveling. Mm-hmm. So if they are going to have a draft this summer, they're going to do it through video. And I am guarantee NHL teams, GM scouts are crying foul to saying we need to see players in person. That's why I like the idea of two drafts next summer. One weekend, it's whatever, the 03 birth dates. And then the next weekend, it's the 04 birth dates. Are you Now it's time for rapid fire, guys. Are you ready? Let's go. Steve sure, Bell, our sure. special guest on the show here. He's carrying the show. He's yeah. doing great. It's so good to have you on the show, Beller, to hey, talk sports. This is way more fun than radio. <laughs> Plus, you don't have to get up at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> no, see here, we stay up until 3.30 oh, in the morning. No. <laughs> we have a couple of wobbly pops here. We're having fun. Beller's going to join us later this week, too, uh, to talk more about his career, but... Rashad, let's get ready for rapid fire here. What do we got? All right, this is a perfect question for Steve. Will there be an OHL season this year? Yeah, I uh, I talked to another broadcaster, Lee Cunningham from Sarnia, just yesterday, and and he disagrees. He doesn't think it's going to happen. Lee says, uh, let's wait till September, do it right, open in style next year. Uh, all the fireworks and everything. Uh, hopefully, COVID's died down. Uh, I say no. I think we're going to have the four bubble cities. They're going to do everything they can make it to work. I'm hoping that Windsor's one of those bubble cities. And uh, I say, yeah, we will play a 24-game season uh, in four different cities here in the OHL. 
I'll say yes just because I want to see junior hockey. You know, I, I don't know the logistics. I don't know how they're going to do bubble cities in 24 games like we just talked about. I I don't even know if it's much more than really a broad world junior championship yeah. or, or some sort of tournament. Is what we're March Madness. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? Absolutely. Bring it on. If they can figure out it, Dave Branch and, and his group, and, and they can figure it out, uh, I mean, good on them. I, I hope they do. Uh, if I were to put money on it, I, I feel like COVID's just... <laughs> I, like, I say yes. I feel like COVID's just killed us. I'd say no. Okay, but yes I, uh, I'd like break the time. Yeah. So I heard a figure the other day. It'll cost each team three thousand dollars a day. That's just for the broadcaster <laughs> <laughs> to be in a bubble. So I don't think teams can afford that. I will say yes if they can get government money. No if they can't. Matt, this one's more for you. Will there be a Junior B hockey season? Hey, Assistant GM. So that follows the OHL. Um, I think if the OHL gets going, then we'll try to pick up the plan that they've got and and try to work that out. Now, Junior B is a totally different beast. Are we going to be doing hub cities not at all and the last plan that uh, the GOJHL at least had was that we were going to play a team in our area for two weeks we play them six games or eight games or whatever it is we would be off for two weeks we would then go play and so let's say Windsor, uh, Leamington's going to play LaSalle and then Leamington's going to play Chatham after that the problem that you're running into now is now you've accounted for four weeks and we played eight games and now we're going to do it again. Uh, it, to me, it's a lot harder to get off the ground. I, I, I said no to the OHL. I certainly can't say no to Junior B, uh, or I can't say yes to Junior B. I don't think it happens. I think there's a lot more individual money that's involved in that, and, and that, to me, I think is what sways everything. Yeah, I agree with Matt. I I, I really can't see the uh, Junior B, GOJHL, what, uh, just getting off the ground this year. I would love to see it. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, we'd all love to see junior hockey. Junior B, junior C, yeah, junior absolutely. D. I don't think it's going to happen. My granddaughter's uh, <laughs> Winter Wildcats. Uh, novice, novice We're a quarter of the way through the NHL season. Who has surprised you so far? Well, gee, I, the, you know, as, as much as the Leafs, I know they're loaded. They've got tons of talent. Uh, but they always seem to find a way to self-destruct. And I'm just not talking about a recent game against the... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, if you'd have, if you'd have said, okay, this, uh, at this juncture into the season, the Maple Leafs would have the most points or sitting at the very top. And so, you know, I would say the Leafs, but on another hand, you think, oh, come on, a team with Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, uh, uh, Riley in the back end, uh, Anderson in goal, uh, solid up and down, tons of depth. That, that team surprised but just because of their past, well, since 1967. <laughs> and I do remember sitting on the couch watching that game with my dad. A little bit of evidence there. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say on the upside, uh, upside the Leafs. I find it very interesting this year just because of all the COVID stuff that, you know, the New Jersey Devils have played nine games this year. The Vancouver Canucks have played 19. So I don't don't think we've seen the biggest surprise yet. I think there's going to be a team that's maybe played 11, 12 games that at some point is going to take off and and go to town. The one for me at this point that I'm surprised to see where they are is the Florida Panthers. And I say that with two points. Their top line is not scoring right now. And Sergei Bobrovsky has not been very good. 
but they're 9-2-2 two two, uh, at the time that we record this, and they're battling Tampa Bay for the top spot in that division. I, I'm quite impressed by the way that they've been playing so far. Old, old pal Joel behind the bench, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they've given Tampa Bay all they can handle, for too, sure. in recent games. You guys went for guys, that, the teams that are playing well. Uh, what surprised me is how bad the Rangers have been. Yeah. You know, we just talked about how Lafreniere fell into their lap. And they're at 11 points as we record this for the season. Mm -hmm. Just two more than Ottawa, the worst team in the league. They're tied with Detroit, a rebuilding franchise. The Rangers was supposed to be competitive this year, and this team has not looked good. So the Rangers have been the biggest surprise for me. Next to your Canucks there, John. What's wrong in Vancouver land? That is not an NHL defense. They are so, so bad. (laughs) Enjoy picking sixth in the draft, though. (laughs) And speaking of fan bases that are panicking, the Leafs blew a 5-1 lead and lost to Ottawa on Monday. Is there a panic in Toronto? No, that song is called Panic in Detroit. <laughs> panic in Detroit. <laughs> There's always panic in Toronto. They, they were so crazy about this, they went and got Alex Skelchenyuk. <laughs> like, maybe his seventh team is going to work better. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think it's a great wake-up call. I, I think, and I, I said this before when we were talking about Patrick Mahomes losing to the Super Bowl. I, I think uh, there is great merit in people just getting slapped in the face sometimes and sometimes you just got to get slapped in the face that's twice now that they've been outplayed and, and lost to the ottawa senators and and i don't think there's anybody in the uh, world that's not watching that sheldon keith may have slapped him uh there may have been the old time <laughs> bank skater in there i think yeah but i'll tell you one thing that uh, i i would gladly put a, another one how many pops have we had here <laughs> I, I think, i'll put another cold one on it that the least do not lose the next two the senators have yeah the wake up but i'll tell you what for dj smith's guys yeah i mean really you know nice to see that those guys there's no quit and again it's just it just shows you that keep chipping away chipping away fellas you know and it sounds like so cliche but you, you just never know but hey the league's got to be a lot and i know the game's changed it, it, and back in the day, take care of the guy in front of the net. You, you cross check him or knock him out. You're going to get a penalty, but you got to be a little bit of a deterrent. You know, you just can't come walk into the front of the net, mm-hmm. do whatever you want, walk in and score. So there, there's got to be a little, a little more commitment to some defense here. We've seen this before. Leaf fans, when they're high, they're the highest oh, of highs. Boy. And when they're low, they're the lowest of lows. Goaltending yeah. Anderson. <laughs> they're shipping people out faster than they can say Toronto. But the uh, the fact that they were planning the parade route last week, uh-huh. this looks good on them. And I got to think, you know, DJ Smith, the former Leafs coach, I got to think he's feeling pretty good that he's beaten his oh, yeah. former yeah. club a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. And turning to baseball, pitchers and catchers report to spring training. Will we make it to opening day? Yeah, we'll we'll end up getting there. I think it's going to be like the NHL schedule, I think there's always going to end up being one or two postponed games, and the problem with baseball, the way that the schedule is laid out is how they play back-to-back nights and back-to-back-to-back, and depending on how they had to jam the schedule in, so very easily a team can lose seven games, and I don't know how they make those up. A lot of double-headers, right? Without the free seven in, Are they like going to be seven-inning double-headers? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to be the same thing. I think there's going to be, you know, a few teams always missing out in the party, and then 
we'll have to figure it out as we go along. But I think baseball can figure it out just like everybody else. I think there will be opening day. I'm, I'm doubtful that the opening day will be when it's supposed to be. I, I, I think there's a pretty good chance that as we go, that things could get bumped back a little bit. We'll play some baseball, and uh, but just I don't think quite on time. I don't even know if we'll see fans in stands. I know some cities will allow fans in stands, but well, and that was the the great joke this week is that Derek Jeter comes out of the uh, Miami Marlins saying that they're going to allow twenty percent of the capacity. That's more than they ever had. (laughs) So the the twenty percent ends up being about eight thousand or something. The average attendance last year was about ten thousand. So they're basically just letting anybody that wants to go to a Miami Marlins game go. Who's got tickets? And Steve, which Bruce County community is better, Port Elgin or Concordia? Oh, oh, for you, Valerie. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> what have you been drinking up here? I'm going to get something to drink. I'll be back. Serious. Port Elgin's a nice town to drive to on your way to Southampton or Sauble Beach. <laughs> no, hey, I, no, I, hey, I, I tell you what, I got I got beat up by a kid from Port Elgin real bad, so maybe that's why my first year of midget hockey. I don't know. I'm. It's a tournament in Concord, and I'm standing in front. The goalie says something to me. I don't know. I turn back, say, and, and some guy's got his mitts off, and I'm dummy. And, and, and uh, oh, yeah, I, I remember looking in the crowd. My mom's shaking her head. I'm just going to get my gloves off, and uh, I think it was Frank Pierce was the ref. It's all over, fellas. Let's go to the box. It's all, all over. I, 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 I'm, I'm bleeding. And uh, I think I got a black guy. And bleed. And so it was a kid from Port Elgin, so maybe that's why I, uh, I'm kind of sour. They got pounded out. And, and, and I think that was my one and only. I decided after that, I'd become more of a finesse player. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're more of a lady bing guy at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I was a lady bing guy all along, but, but that certainly changed my tune. But but no, hey, uh, Ken Carton's home, uh, Scotland the Brave. Where you're a stranger only once, and you know, come back again. So, uh, yeah, I'm a King Carden guy, man. No wonder your parents said you to walk with it after that game. Yeah. yeah, I got kicked out of King Carden. And finally, which band is better, Cool and the Gang or Earth, Wind, and Fire? Oh, come on. Do you remember? Yeah, exactly. When it was last September, tie goes to the runner. I don't know. Oh, really, I, eh? I don't know. It's It's close. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Uh, that's my pick. Like, okay. Cool and the Gang was pretty good. Celebrate. Yeah. Nah. yeah. <laughs> I think Beller's heard that a little too often, right? <laughs> cool and the Gang. Celebrate with me lately. <laughs> cool and the Gang may have been from Port Elgin, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. And that's our show for today, but not for the week. Remember, we will release a special edition of the OT this Friday. That's right. It will be with the one and only yeah, Steve right, Bell. Not kicked out. Beller will join us. You're good for that? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Cool. So remember, uh, during the week here, follow us on social media. You'll find out all kinds of information. Check out our new logo as well. Uh, you'll see that on all the uh, platforms too. Podcast FFC is the username on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook as well at For Future Considerations. And you can also find us wherever you get your favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast. You can even ask, ask Alexa to play the podcast for you as well. You can also email us with your feedback, suggestions, show ideas, even your own hot takes. So if you disagree or agree with us, 
let us know at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Awesome show. Great show today, Beller. Thanks for stopping by, man. Anytime. That's great. We'll talk more about Beller in the next episode of For Future Considerations. Bye for now. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.